beautiful possibility. The Creative Process Journal of Jillian Jacob Kieser. That's me. I created this for all stuck, hopeful, and aspiring creatives everywhere. You're not alone. The truth is, perfectionism grabbed me sometime in adolescence and halted my creative journey for many years. Today, my desire to create is stronger than my fear. So I created this podcast as my day-to-day account of getting unstuck and into motion. In this audio journal, I'll take you along on my process of unblocking and relearning how to find joy, courage, and fulfillment in creating. I always say the only place to start is exactly where you are. So let's begin. Today, we have a very special guest. My guest today is Shelby Drabman, otherwise known as Room Service Los Angeles, which is her really amazing and a super iconic handmade rug brand. So I'm going to ask her all about how she started a rug company. When I first met Shelby, we were working in the same art studio in West Oakland, California. And so we were studio mates and I just like fell in love with her immediately. Her energy, (laughs) she's so funny. You can hear her laughing. She's listening to this right now. Um, (laughs) And her style, super iconic. So it's been so fun to watch her evolution as an artist. I'm super excited to have her on the show today to talk to you about her evolution. And so I can learn from her. We can all learn from her. Shelby, welcome. Hey. Oh my God. What an intro. What a beautiful first intro. I love it. Um, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so happy to be here um, because all the things that you said, I feel for you as well. Like you inspired me so much and we worked together in the studio all the time, endlessly. That was such a great experience. It was so fun. And like, that's so, that's so kind of you to say I've, (laughs) I'm working on my shadow a lot this year. I'm just gonna make this interview about me. Just kidding. Yeah. But no, do it. Like one of the things that I fear exposure about is like, oh, I'm an artist with no art. Like I talk a big talk that I'm an artist, but I've like nothing. I don't do anything. Yeah. So I'm like, oh well, you worked in the studio with me. You seem to think that I am an artist, so maybe I. You are. (laughs) You definitely are. Oh my god! And you create spaces for artists to like have conversations and to build up other women and build up creative people. And I just think that's so great, and that's even better. Because you make space for those people. And that's awesome. And I'm one Thank of those you. people because I'm here. You, you're absolutely <laughs> one of those people. Yeah. It's funny when I started doing this podcast and I was like, oh, it's going to be solo. But then I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to involve some interviews and have some other people in yeah. conversation. And you were the first person in my brain. I was like, I have uh, to have Shelby. This is, awesome. I don't know why. I don't that's know so why. Funny. But you were, had to have Because I'm in your face on Instagram all the time. Probably just like, oh, enough. Of your rugs. <laughs> it's so good. I love the rugs. So uh, let's thanks. let's start at the beginning. I want to hear yeah. about your creative journey. So where did yeah. you start as an artist and how did you get to what you're doing today? Um, it's so funny to think about like where I started because I've been making art since I was like a little kid. Um, and like my parents are both artists, and um my mom and my brother's an artist, and um my mom's an art teacher. And so I was always drawing every, every single time we went anywhere. I was like that kid with like their notebook kind of just like drawing Disney characters or like whatever, some stupid shit and just like tracing things and trying to like make everything look really real, you know? And then it's like, 
And then I started sewing when I was little, making little like, you know, going to the fabric store and pretty much just freaking out and having the best time blacking out in the in the fabric aisles um, and just making like stupid, shitty sculptures, you know. And um, and it's kind of funny because uh, I actually was like an athlete my whole life. Um while I was making art and I kind of thought the athleticism was gonna like be what I did. Like I, I was gonna go to the Olympics and uh, softball was then taken out of the Olympics. So I stopped um, playing and decided to go to art school. Um, and so I went to SAIC for my undergrad program and I focused on fiber and material studies, not really knowing what the fuck I wanted to do. Can I say fuck on this podcast? Okay. Um, and, um, and so I don't know, it was a really open-ended program. So I, I dabbled in fashion and video and sculpture, but I ultimately ended up in textiles, um, and fiber sculpture of all kinds. And I think, I don't remember what I was working on when I first got to Maria's studio. I don't remember, but, um, what was that? Yeah. So we moved from Chicago to Oakland and got into that studio and just started making whatever I wanted. And I think a lot of that was painting for the most part, because I remember wanting everything to be really big. I wanted to make big things that really caught your eye, you know, and I feel like I made giant ass paintings that one of which might still be there. Oops. Um, but yeah, so I started painting and then I realized that I am not a wet material person. Um, and so I am like, I really appreciate painting and I appreciate all these things and I used to want to do it all, you know, but, um, once you realize something that you actually are good at and can do over and over again without getting sick of it, um, that's, uh, that's really important to me. And so that's what happened with the rugs. Um, actually, sorry, let me go back a little bit. So then I moved to Los Angeles and I started working at the Hammer Museum, um, in public programs and, being around artists all the time and like doing things for them just made me want to be one of those artists even more because I was like, I can, you know, I can do that. No, but you know, I feel like I could be in this world because I feel confident in my work. And, you know, I felt like if I had a full time studio practice to do what I wanted, I, I, I could make some cool shit. Um, and when I knew you, when we were in Oakland, I was teaching like kindergarten um, and I would go in before class, I would go in after class, um, and just like work in the studio as much as I could. And then I ended up working from home in the studio and doing both. And like, I've always kind of done both. And January, 2020, I decided to quit my job and like really just try to go for it. And funny enough, I wanted to make lamps of all things. Um, cause I wanted to get more into the designer sort of world for some reason. I've always wanted to make light sculptures and I decided to try it and I wasn't good at that. And I realized I didn't even want to try to be good at it and make better things and bet like better uses of my materials. Like I didn't, it was fun to do it, but then I realized it really wasn't my thing. I really should go back to, to fibers. And so I started looking at this tufting gun and, uh, I thought that it would be a really fun drawing tool to use because I still love drawing so much. And that's sort of where I get a lot of my inspiration from for a lot of the designs I make. And I feel like that tool was really awesome. And in Oakland, actually, that's the first time I ever saw a gun like that. Like, 
uh, Elise Anderson is an amazing artist who inspired me fully to do that at the time. And but I wasn't ready to really start something new. And it seemed like way too much. It seemed like a crazy because it was back then it was like a huge gun that was that needed a, an air compressor. And there was not really any information about it. You know, you kind of know what you know, and you ask people, and you ask around and uh, you figure out how to use those guns. But in the last couple of years, people have been really interested in making like more usable, accessible guns for people. And that's when I jumped in on it. And I was like, okay, it's the pandemic. Um, I'm going to try to start this. Uh, in the middle of the pandemic, um, Nick and I were living in LA and decided to just go to Maine because the the spikes in LA were were really crazy and we were afraid to go outside. We couldn't go outside. Every time we went outside, it smelled like smoke because it was fire season. So we had to go back inside. It wasn't safe, didn't feel safe to be in LA um, at the time. So we went to Maine and uh, I was generously given a basement studio um, by my fiance's parents um, who just let me do whatever I wanted in that studio. And so I uh, got a frame. And then I started working and drawing and experimenting and fucking up and messing up my hands and my back. And and then I, I've made 33 rugs since December of last year. And I've just been like cranking them out. Sorry, I just talked forever. No, that was perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, you have absolutely been cranking them out. And it's been so cool to see your evolution from, yeah, when I when you and I met in the studio, um, you were primarily painting and your work haven't been to art school probably going to use the wrong words but like it has like a a drawerly quality is that a thing we can say yeah yeah like, yeah yeah you use Definitely. a lot of line a lot of color and like um that has translated through all the different mediums that you've worked in it's super cool to see your rugs remind me so much of your drawings but be bigger super tactile which like I intuitively feel like that's what you wanted the paintings to be like something you could just right. crawl into yeah like exactly. they always reminded me a bit of like peewee's playhouse which is just yes like, total gonzo bananas colors dripping everywhere and like super all-encompassing world and the rugs you know super feel like that oh my god I'm so glad you said all of those things because <laughs> first of all I had never seen Pee-wee's Playhouse as a kid. I which bet it, you hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> which is but which is crazy because when I looked at it and I saw the set design and the costumes and stuff, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is me. If I made a show, it would be this. <laughs> and that blew my mind because I was like, wow, cool. At least maybe I feel like I'm in the right direction. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, it's super awesome yeah. and probably great to feel like it's not necessarily derivative. Like if I made that stuff, it would have been heavily influenced. By right. <laughs> right. But people say that about my work a lot, which I really take as a compliment because I think that stuff is really awesome and super crazy um, <laughs> in such an interesting way. But oh, um, yeah. that's how I want to move forward with my work actually is create like actual places for people to crawl into like really fully immersive experiences and that actually is like something I've been working on for years, trying to figure out the right, the right medium for that, because I want people to, I want like Ernesto Neto -y and meets like Pipilotti Reist. So walking I don't know in, who those people are. Oh, Ernesto Neto is this awesome fiber artist who 
creates these giant installations of like sacks <laughs> and you walk through everything and um throughout the exhibition there's different smells going on so there's like cinnamon spices and clove and all these beautiful smells so as you walk through you get like a fully immersive experience with like all your senses and that's kind of what i would like to start doing and like Pipilotti Reese does like a lot of really great installation work um, with projections and pop culture and um, things like that. And I just want to crawl into all of that work and sort of make something really uh, similar in my mind. But yeah, That's anyway, awesome. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, like listening to your story, my impression of you is of someone who is like unabashed, very confident like confident in yourself as an artist of like, this mm -hmm. is your role. It's who you are and what you do where it's like, this is what you do. Given any set of circumstances, you're going to create art. Right. Is, does that feel true? Yeah. It, it, and it started to feel like maybe it was a problem <laughs> because I, I uh, feel like I have a lot of anxiety when I'm not making work. Um, and it's so funny. I, I really don't know what that's about and hopefully I will figure it out soon, but I feel like I have to absolutely make work or be, or at least research making work or be in the studio or, you know, I feel so anxious when I have an idea and I can't put it out. And it's funny because I don't even like make sketches of my rugs, but I make sketches and then I make rugs, but if I don't write something down that'll remind me of something I'm thinking about, then I'll get so anxious about it. But yeah, I have to make work all the time. <laughs> yeah, Did it's you, crazy. Are there any things that you struggle with in your creative process? Like to me, I'm like, wow, Shelby's like super unblocked, clear channel. You're just like very integrated. Is oh, there some piece great. of that? Yeah, is there... <laughs> Is like, I'm so interested in creative blocks like that I yeah. think is what is fueling my work. Cause I have, I can super relate to what you said about like that hunger of like, I feel uncomfortable. Like I, like, it's like right. not being able to metabolize if you like can't make stuff. I feel that way too. Right. And right. at the same time, I've struggled for so many years with like blocks around that where I'm like, I have to make something, but I don't know what I'm supposed to make. Someone else. Right. Totally. But it sounds like you've always been really clear on like how to metabolize that energy. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the most part, I try to, but it makes me so mad if I make something with that anxious energy and I don't like it. And for the most part, I don't usually like it when it, when it happens so quickly like that. Like when we were in the studio together, like I was just experimenting the entire time I was in there and nothing ever felt right because I wasn't making fiber work, I think. I think I had to like go through all these steps of different mediums and try different things. And yeah, I really do feel like if I have an idea for a project, I can do it. I can just get it done and get it done quickly. And in the studio also in Oakland, I remember like people being like, you got to slow down. Like you don't have to finish like one piece a day, you know? But I was like, yes, I do. I hate when things are unfinished at the end of the day. It's really hard for me to, to walk away from my studio when something's unfinished, which is insane because I make rugs. <laughs> so I can't How long does make... a rug take to make? Um, in the beginning, I could seriously make a rug in like two days, which is crazy because that's not 
safe for my body, <laughs> but um, typically like from soup to nuts, which is stretching the fabric, getting the yarn, designing it, putting it out with the gun, gluing it, sewing the back. I would say I could do a rug in like a week and a half if I'm just working on one rug. It depends on a lot of things, but yeah, like like a week and a half, two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your struggles right now as an artist? Oh, oh my gosh. So many things. And the biggest one that's coming to my head right now is that I'm struggling between making art and making um, goods um, and trying to make money while fulfilling my dreams, <laughs> you know, uh, making like function versus art, I guess. I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to figure out what part of my practice is actually has to do with functionality and what has to do with like fine art. And I feel like I'm trying to figure out which one I want to do. Um, because I feel like the design world and the art world are often separated so much. Um, and I think I would like to merge them in some way, but I don't really know. I don't really know how I'm going to do that. But, um, for example, like I, and I've gotten into this problem before I even started making rugs, but sometimes I'll get really excited about a small thing I can make. And I'm like, cool, I can make like 50 of these. Um, and that'll be really fun. <laughs> And then I realized I just wanted to make one and now I have to make five so I can, so I can pay rent, but it makes me feel like shit for making them because I feel like they're just shitty little things that I'm putting out into the world that I don't care about. And I'm not taking my time to care about, you know? Um, so I'm really trying to like make sure everything I make, I make with intention and not just because I'm scrambling for money for rent for the end of the month, you know? Um, but in terms of making work, I, I don't have a lot of mental blocks making work. Like I, I, it, I have mental blocks getting to the studio sometimes. Um, but luckily I have such a terrible back that I have to take breaks um, or I can't work for like a week. So I think my body tells me when to stop working. But um, yeah. And also it's hard to be inspired sometimes when you're in a pandemic and you're not talking to anybody and you're not seeing anybody and you can't go look at art. You can't touch things. You can't touch anything. It gets really sad and frustrating. Um, but now I, I wanted to start going back to galleries, but now I think I'll have to stay home for a little bit longer just while this next variant comes through. But yeah, that's what I'd say about that. What, what keeps you going? What keeps you excited? Do you have any habits or hacks or mantras or like what sort of like energetic cycle keeps you invested in your work? Hmm. Do you ever get bored? No. And it's funny because I, I just get so mad when people say that they're bored. And I've always been that way because I'm always just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> why can't you figure something out? Like, why are you bored? Like figure out why you're bored and like make something with your hands. You know, I, I feel like if I'm making something with my hands, I feel like I could never be bored, which is such a funny thing. I never thought about that until you just asked me that, but I, uh, I don't, I, I don't get bored. I get frustrated and annoyed and want to throw my gun across the room by the way, it's a tufting gun. I want to say, I should have said that at the beginning. It's not a real gun. Um, every time I say that, people get very uh, worried. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I really love my practice and I have all of these silly things that I do while I'm working that maybe keep me going. Um, like I listen to Gilmore Girls when I'm working and I like listen to podcasts and all kinds of things like that. But it's like I can tell the way my day is going to go by like what show I'm listening to and how the rugs come out really different when that happens. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can feel the Gilmore girls energy in this rug. And then I can feel the Sopranos energy in this rug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, you can feel it visually. It's kind of, I've, I've noticed that recently, but, um, I mean, there's a lot of times where I hate my work so much in the middle of it that I have to walk away from it because I feel like it's just going to get worse and worse. Taking breaks is really helpful for me to like at least shut my brain off for a little bit and go back to it and, oh yeah, you know, see it from a different perspective. That's super relatable. I, in just like preparing this podcast, I feel like I, I feel like I conquered a lot of my old, old stuff of like perfectionism of just like getting so like excited at the beginning. Oh, I could totally do this. I have the vision. Let's do it. And then in the middle, you're like, oh, this is horrible. I'm yeah. horrible. And like, it's one of those things where you're like right. in the bathroom, like tweezing your eyebrows or something. And you're like, walk away. Just walk away right now. This is going to get worse. It's not <laughs> right. going to get better. Right. Right. And you can't, you're like, st- you're, you're in I the know. vortex. <laughs> but like, yes. I like with, I had like a divine, I don't know, download or whatever. Like I was working on the album art for the podcast, which I did myself thanks to Chelsea's amazing designs and her brand kit she made me. I love Chelsea. Oh, amazing. Ayo, um, Chelsea yeah. Dyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I was like, okay, I can put this together myself. And like in the middle of it, I was like, ah, this is all getting worse. I'm making it worse. Okay. Walk yeah. away. Come back later. When I came back later, I was like, oh, cool. I see the two tweaks I need to make. And like, I'm now I'm done. And I was like, I think this is good enough at the, if anyone doesn't think my podcast art is good enough, you can send me a message, but I think it's good enough. <laughs> but like that, the taking breaks to like get your head out of the game and back in, I think is so important. Like, I think that's yeah. a lesson I feel like I've learned very, very, very slowly of like, it's not always getting better. The more that you like hit it harder, hit it harder. I know because sometimes it is. So it's hard to tell when that's true, you know, Um, and it's trusting yourself and like learning to trust yourself in those situations, which is a daily struggle for me for sure. And like trust, I don't know, like this is weird, but like trust your energetic patterns, like knowing yourself to know, I think is what you're saying, like when to keep going and when you need a break. And those are like very subtle distinctions. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, it changes a lot. You know, if I'm working on a project I'm really excited about, you know, sometimes I don't need to take a break, you know, for a long time. But obviously, every single project has a frustrating part to it. And some of that is that, like, I'm working in the studio and I I was working on this 30 foot rug for a client uh, like six months ago. And I really needed to make rent. So they didn't tell me when they needed the rug, but I was like, you know what? I have to finish this rug in the next two days so I can make rent. And I did it. And I was like, this is the hardest and coolest project I have ever worked on. I feel so good. 
you know, and like those feelings like really get me going for the next one. And every time I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And I think back to things like that. And I'm like, actually, you can. You just have to work your ass off. But it was like, you know, 100 degrees here. I'm in my it was in my studio and there was a heat wave. And I was like, I have to finish this rug. I'm going to hand stitch this motherfucker until it's done. You know, and like, I love that work part about it. Like, I like, I think that's part of why I like rug making is I like the, like, I like the labor intensive energy of it. You know, I, I wish I could be more of a meditative person, but you know me, I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, I love, I love that kind of energy, but I really would love something to bring me back down in a meditative way, you know, um, in my studio. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I have one, one, one question. I've noticed that you've spoken a few times in our conversation about making rent and about like the sort of relationship between the art and the money. Is that something yeah. that you've like in a way to me, I'm like, wow, you're so brave that you're like, I feel comfortable putting my livelihood on the line with my art and knowing that I'll, they'll work out yeah. together. But I also imagine that there's a lot of yeah. other emotions in that. Could you speak to that a little? Yeah. I mean, um, so I was lucky enough when I started making these rugs to be in a place where I wasn't spending money on anything. Um, I was living in a place for free and I had free studio space. And so I allowed myself to experiment and try to sell rugs as much as I could and really whip it out and kind of do a pre business kind of phase and god damn it man every single rug sold as soon as i finished it or in the middle of making it and it seemed like people were really excited about the work i was making and that got me really excited too you know um and so i got to practice being like okay could i have made rent in la with this money this month okay what about this and i was kind of testing myself to see like okay are people still going to buy rugs for me like i think i've hit my cap i feel like People that have been following me for, for years from other stuff are just like, wow, look at that. Cool. You know, but usually only one person buys a rug from you and you don't usually get multiple people, but that's not true. People have bought three rugs from me at a time. And it's like, it was so crazy. And so that really got my energy up and made me think I could really do it in LA. And so I decided not to apply for a job when we got back here in July. It's just been July. So from July till now, I've been working in this in the studio and it's like it, it's it's really hard. It wasn't hard then because I had a safety net. And now I'm trying to reconfigure my studio practice so that I don't get so stressed out about it because I'm afraid I'll make terrible work if that's my main objective. Right. Is to just make money on the biggest rug I could make or something that I think people are going to like. Um, and I really want to not do that, um, because I don't like what other people like for the most part, like I get a lot of messages about pe people asking me to make beige rugs and like rugs that have no color and, or a smiley face rug or whatever. And I'm like, really? damn dude, no. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm just like, dude, a lot of people are making rugs right now. Why don't you just talk to someone else about this? But it's really funny. Um, because it's also a craft, you know? So if you have the means to make someone something that they want specifically, that's cool. But I don't, I only take commissions that I'm excited about. So when people come to me with an idea, typically I hope that they like my style and that's why they're coming to me for a design. And so 
but you know, it's yeah. Going back to your question, um, it is a daily struggle trying to figure that out with materials and having people pay up front, and especially during a pandemic when people are really struggling and not making rent um, themselves. But um, you know, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I'm I'm really trying to figure out and try to figure out a way to not be so stressed by it. But it's hard, and I think that's yeah. part of my anxious energy and making work. You know. For sure. Is that push, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have something that you're working on, like around that concept right now that's like helping you go forward? Like a notion that you're, you know, to be true or that you like want to believe is true that helps you be like, okay, I, this, this can work. This is working. Yeah. I, you know, funny enough, this is going to sound so she she, but every time I get really nervous, about making rent, the next day, someone asked me for a rug. Yes. It has happened to work out, knock on wood. It has happened to work out in that way. And so I'm starting to like trust that more and be like, okay, it's cool. It's fine. You have this. It's fine. It happens every month. And my partner's always like, you're going to like, don't worry about it. Tomorrow you're going to wake up and someone's going to ask you for a rug. And it always happens. And it's blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> so yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't know what the fuck is happening, but I've been very, very lucky so far. <laughs> amazing. I love that yeah. story. Uh, that's so uh, good. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Yeah. Uh, if you could give a piece of advice to your younger artist self, what would it be? Hmm. To man, so many things. Any, <laughs> but if I would any say, age that you think you might, yeah, need. yeah. I mean, I think like in my earlier twenties, I just so wish that I focused more. I wish that I, I wish that I really focused and made it my job to focus on my practice. Um, instead of just experimenting so, so much. Um, I'm glad that I did that, obviously, but I think it m allowed me to, to kind of push off things I really wanted to do because I felt like I was, I feel like I was just experimenting to, to what end kind of situation and really trying to figure out, uh, trying to find myself, you know, and I, and I think I spent too much time ignoring that. And I wish I had, I just wish I had focused on, on one thing for much longer and created that kind of like a kind of craft. And I don't know. I, it's so hard. Sorry. It's so hard because I feel like I, I'm so grateful that I've had all the opportunities that I've had. And I would say I missed out on some from being lazy or being in my early twenties and partying all the time and not paying attention to things I wish I'd paid attention to. And I, I wish I was more serious in my, in my early twenties, I guess, which is so, which is so funny because it's just funny because I wouldn't be the person I am today, obviously, if I was a super crazy serious person, but I don't know, some aspect to that, you know, like doing my research and, you know, not spending a ton of money on materials because I wanted to experiment with them. And, you know, and I wish I had built a better community 
and, and, and really tried to cultivate that community more in the Bay area, um, with other artists and really like being on the conversation and have those conversations instead of being like, I'm 25, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't, I don't care about this stuff, but it's like so funny to think about that because it feels like a million years ago. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good answer. I think it's like the balance of wishing you could have been other than you were and recognizing the gifts that you were able to give yourself by being exactly who you were. Right. And it's just so it's, it's funny. I mean, and you know, the art world is changing every single second and it feels like it's hard to keep up with it. But if you have a great community around you, that's critiquing you and pushing you and asking you the important questions. I think that is like the best thing ever. Talk about not being bored, like cultivate those relationships and push yourself to not be bored, you know? Here, here. Here, yeah. here, baby. Thanks so much for for being on with me today. This is super fun. Oh my fun. God, I know. Let's do this every week. 